All right, gang. Uh, but uh, no intros. I just want to touch on this because I find this disturbing. Uh, for once, we're not going to dogpile on Christian apologists as much as they deserve that kind of attention. Let me open up these goddamn windows. I sound different when I'm awake, right? Please go fuck yourself. Gang, it is rare that I run down a little bit of my athletic resume while I was a football player, <coughs> excuse me, at the University of Texas at Austin. So here's a quick synopsis. I think that means in that word, right? Please go fuck yourself back on topic. Uh, I was recruited nationwide. I, I didn't suck in football. And uh, I narrowed it down to what were my last visits. My Florida, Penn State, Texas, Florida, I'm fucking it all up. But at the end, of, oh, Oklahoma was one of them. And at the end of the day, obviously, I went to the University of Texas at Austin. Now, I'm going to drop a couple names and just act like who it is. You know who it is, fuck faces, or look it up. It's actually interesting reading. I'm either David McWilliams' last or second to last recruiting trip. If you don't know who David McWilliams is, hashtag he's a legend. And I had the honor of playing for him, right? David McWilliams. So how it worked out, I was actually, it was either Texas or Oklahoma. Uh, hold on. Uh, yes, ma'am. Returning a work text. Texas or Oklahoma. I was actually a little bit leaning towards Oklahoma. Gary Gibbs was the then coach. And he walked into my mother's house. And yeah, <laughs> Mom kept a, a spectacular house. You 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 could take a military white glove and you would not find dust anywhere. But Gary Gibbs sat in mom's house and podcasters just act like you can see me. But he was just kind of, you know, we sat on the edge of the couch and, you know, was, you know, the whole time. And mom always did the same thing. No matter who sat in her living room, she would offer that man a Dr. Pepper. Because back then... A head coach could only have one home visit. And so Lavelle Edwards, Gary Gibbs, David McWilliams, Spike Dyke, they all sat in mom's living room. And he was like, well, would you like a Dr. Pepper coach? And he was like, well, yes, I would. So she went, put ice in a cup, poured the Dr. Pepper. Gary Gibbs took the cup and did this right here. You're just like, right? And I remember at the end of the long story, uh, the moment he walked out, mom shut the door, looked me dead in my eye and just said, no, no. Because back then, the old school mindset was if you recruit the mom, you recruit the boy. Boy, did that work. Because literally the following week, Bobby Jack Wright, the recruiting coach, walked in with David Mac Williams. Gang, it was love at first sight. Look at Papa's monkey ass. And let that's, that's how I ended up at UT. Until the day mom died, David McWilliams loved my mom. Absolutely loved. Uh, do I have that picture? Uh, it's in the other room. But, oh, yeah, they had a great relationship. That's how I ended up at UT. Uh, I'm a four-year letterman and a three-year starter. I didn't suck at what I did. Uh, my redshirt freshman year, I was a special teams demon. I have, uh, you had a, It was graded on a point system back then. I had more points than anybody, like by a lot, because I told you, 
I may not be that smart, but I am that strong and I'm too fucking stupid to say no. And so I was the number five back when they had number fives. Just act like you guys know the terminology. I was a wedge buster on kickoff and it was like RoboCop. They were just like destroy. I would fuck shit up. It was great. Then I earned my starting job at outside linebacker. Yay, big fun. 92, 93. 1994. 1994 was the inception of the College Football Association uh, All-American team. I was the first Longhorn football player chosen for the first ever CFA All-American team. I was. Also in 1994 is when I cemented, actually, I'm just wearing that ring too. That's when, and it's an actual designation, I became a Longhorn legend. The Texas OU game, if you don't know, it is literally Hatfield and McCoy. When you think of college football's biggest rivalries, when you think about Michigan versus Ohio State, when you think about Miami versus Florida State in the 90s, there was like three years and it was the wide wide right series. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look that shit up. Southern versus Grambling. They're just a handful of football rivalries that stops the planet from spinning. One of them is the Texas OU game. Now, long story short, it was literally the last play, or off Oklahoma's last offensive series. If they score, they win. If we stop them, we win. They're literally on like the two-yard line. Fill in the blanks. The guy that me and Stoney Clark stopped, James Allen, they said that man literally sank into a year-long clinical depression. It crushed him. It absolutely crushed him. They could not score from less than 36 inches out. That game cemented me and Stoney as, what the fuck is that, as Longhorn Legends, right? That year, we also won the Southwest Conference. Fast forward to 1995. When I say I have played in some of the biggest games and rivalries, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that. 1995 was a great fucking year for the Texas Longhorns. And just the way that it worked out. And back then, the Texas versus Texas A&M game was literally on Thanksgiving Day. Like I said, I've played in games where the world stopped spinning to watch us. Now, just the way the 95 season panned out, it came down to who the last two teams standing were the Texas Longhorns and the Texas A&M Aggies. So much, in fact, because we both had double-digit wins for that year. Neither one of us sucked. Just the way the shit worked out who we beat versus who we lost to, so on and so forth, the rankings. Whoever won that game, because 1995 game was the last year of the old school Rock'em Sock'em Southwest Conference. If you don't know what that is, again, just look all this shit up. It came down to the Aggies versus the Longhorns. Whoever won that game, you won the lap. Here, take a look, fuck nuts. (laughs) That, and there's a story behind, there you go, there it is. There's a story behind that ring as well. Whoever won that game 
was going to win the final Southwest Conference. We were going to be called, whoever one who walked off that field standing, they would be deemed Southwest Conference champs forever. Dead serious, look it up. The loser of that game would be forever known as the loser of the Southwest Conference. Now, on top of that, walking on that field, you guys got to understand, back in the 90s, A&M was something to be talked about. And uh, they had literally hundreds, hundreds of games undefeated at home, Kyle Field. Do you guys have any idea what was on the line? Oh, one more thing there, fuck faces. Again, just the way the things panned out. Whoever won that game, you went to a tier one bowl. If you don't know what that is, those are the big ones. That's where you want to go. Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Uh, I'm trying to think of them all. Back when I played the Cotton Bowl. These are the games that literally determined the national champion for that year. Whoever lost that game went to a tier two bowl game. It's a bowl game, but it's just not the big daddies. You know what I mean? Okay, moving on. Gang, that game was an absolute fucking fist fight. The last team standing, the Texas Longhorns. We won that game 16 to 6. Now, I'm not a Texas Aggie graduate. I've got no fucking clue about their stupid fucking traditions. But apparently, and if you don't know AM, one of their the, the Aggie core, little make-believe Marines, they all can go fuck themselves. And they carry a sword, and they're an actual military guard. Kyle Field is so sacred that apparently, I think I'm saying this right, not even the Aggie football team is allowed to touch it if they are not playing a game. The core guards the field. We didn't know. More importantly, we didn't care. We won. So we're celebrating. We are running up and down that field. Our fans are going nuts because you're supposed to. And the core comes out. And they're telling us to get off their field. Some of them have even drawn their swords. And you're like, son, let me tell you something. <laughs> Your ability to march in formation has literally given you a false sense of your ability to intimidate. Boy, do not make me take this helmet off and beat your monkey ass in front of your fucking girlfriend, you fucking mutant. Get that fucking sword out of my face. What the fuck's wrong with you, right? So we partied, we did what we had to do, and after the game, of course, all the reporters are sitting there wanting to talk to all the Longhorn starters and coaches because this is a big fucking occasion. Well, the AM faithful stood on top of the uh, visitor locker room where the Longhorns were, and they were screaming so loud that I could not hear the reporter six inches from my face it was Kurt Bowles I still remember <laughs> it was that night that apparently the sport I still have people coming up to me and I'm 50 years old telling me that I guess in the sports writers world quote of the year long story short in 1995 I was given the award for quote of the year 
because they're sitting on top of us and they're doing a little war hymnal bullshit, you know, halibut, connect, connect, whatever the fuck. I don't know. I've got too much class to be an Aggie grad. And it's so loud that I can't hear a man six inches from my fucking face. And it was annoying. We didn't cheat. It was a fair game. You just fucking lost. So I told Kurt, you know, kind of, hold on. So I turned to the AM faithful and I screamed at them, shut the fuck up and go to the Alamo Bowl. Because the Alamo Bowl was where the losers went that day. Yeah, dead serious. Look it up. I was given quote of the year, quite literally the last uh, baseball season at UT. I didn't even recognize the dude, but it was a former beat writer uh, for the Statesman. He's like, are you Robert Reed? He's like, oh man, do I owe you money? <laughs> and he told me, he's like, shut up and go to the Alamo Bowl. That's you. And it's like, oh man, Pete. right? Gang, I told you all that. So you guys can understand, I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about what the fuck I'm getting ready to talk about. I have literally played in football games that the world stopped to watch. I've played in heated rivalries that don't happen anymore. Today's Texas Longhorn have no relationship to how bitter of a set of enemies Texas versus Texas A&M is. They have got no idea. The Oklahoma game, I was the 90 uh, game. I came in in 91. I just missed it. You guys want to know why it is now? The home team will go out first, then the visitors. <clears throat> because they thought it was a great idea to put both teams in the tunnel. If your booty hole didn't pucker up because you don't know the history of the tunnel, look it up. They would make the Longhorn sit right next to the fucking Sooners. In 1990, they got into a fist fight. They got, we don't like each other, gang. We don't. We don't. I literally played in games that the world stopped to watch, that people still talk about. And that was over 30 fucking years ago. I tell you that to let you guys know, I know what I'm talking about. I was not a part of the game. I was the fucking game. Now, gang, all that to be said, as much as I can't stand Texas A&M, respect because about 20 years ago and again today's kids have no idea because we don't play each other and they stopped this tradition after this happened right before the night before the longhorn game the aggie students would build a bonfire not with sticks and twigs this thing was probably 50 feet tall it was enormous it lit up the entirety of college station texas uh Kyle, Texas, wherever the fuck. Go fuck yourself, AM. That particular night, the bonfire collapsed before they lit it, and it crushed five students to death. And I remember I was at work, and I don't know if that person was trying to impress me because I'm a former Longhorn player or something, and we were talking about it. And it's like, <laughs> there were five Aggies. They fucking deserve it. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You should be ashamed of yourself. Rivalry be damned. Those were five kids. And even if they were five adults, you don't die for a fucking football game, numb nuts. Get away from me. I was so disgusted. They're Aggies. They deserve it. No, they do not. Rivalry 
can exist in the same sphere as respect. James Allen was the guy that me and Stoney Clark stopped on the goal line in 1994 that gave us Longhorn legend status. I don't remember specifically shaking his hand, but after the game, I shook the hand of the Texas, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners and some of their coaching staff. Good game, man. Good game. Hey, next year, I'm going to whip your ass, but next year. I never once played dirty. I never went, went for your knees. I tried to knock your clock off. I sure the fuck did. And if you became unconscious, that's part of the game, motherfucker. Welcome to the game of football in the 90s. But I didn't intentionally try to hurt anybody. And when I found out that James Allen fell into a depression, I didn't gloat. I didn't say that's what you get. I said, damn, that sucks. I hope he recovers. And apparently he did. Rivalry and respect can walk hand and fucking hand. Right? I've played in the best. I've played against the best. I played with the best. And what happens on the field is what happens on the fucking field. Now, gang, what is pissing me the fuck off? I just saw a fucking headline. I don't know who did it, and I don't care. But you can officially go fuck yourself. Texas plays Oklahoma State tomorrow for the Big 12 championship. Someone took a longhorn steer. Scare that animal. That animal is dead. They tied that animal to a post by the longhorns in front of a frat house. That's got absolutely nothing to do with the game of football. Nothing. What do you think you accomplished? Huh? You're a criminal. That is mental. You are a fucking psychopath. That's got nothing to do with the game of football. Nothing. The first person I ever hurt, it was absolutely just the football. It was a quarterback back when quarterbacks used to roll out. It was a play-action pass. Fake the handoff, and as he turned, and the moment he set up, he raised his elbow, a blitzing linebacker came. I hit him so hard, I heard his ribs crack. I did. Just the way the shit worked out, I landed on top of him. When my body pinned his body against the ground, he screamed. He was crying before. I got off of him. Getting hurt is a part of the game. I've torn both biceps almost off the fucking bone. I've been knocked fucking silly. I've got more injuries than what I care to describe to you guys. That is a part of the game. The bullshit of torturing an animal, that you're, that's criminal. Again, I don't know what fraternity did it. I don't know what spirit group did it. I don't know, and I don't care. Again, I was not a part of the fucking game. I was the game. And I'm going to continue to say that so you guys know I'm speaking with an authoritative tongue here. I know what I'm talking about. That's got nothing to do with the game of football. Nothing. You have taken an opportunity. And you have shit on it. It's one thing if you wanted to egg, which I'm not a fan of, by the way. If you wanted to egg the rival fraternity, right? There's a whole bunch of shit that you can do that is kind of borderlines 
you know, good old fashioned, you know, I don't like you, you don't like me. And, you know, just a little bit too far of maybe we shouldn't have done it. Killing a longhorn steer and tying it to a fucking post is a act of criminality. As someone who has played, fuck you. In 1994, we played Louisville. And it's the one and only time that my dad lost his cool. The fans were so fucking obnoxious. They were gross. Not borderline gross. They were gross. They scared Bevo, our team mascot, so bad. They were throwing shit at the bull that we had to take, not we, but I think it's Silver Spurs who handle Bevo. They had to take Bevo off the field before the game's in. It's just one of those where this is the way it worked out. Talking shit is one thing. 40, you suck. 40, you're fucking terrible. Ship your ass back to Texas because we were playing in Louisville at the time. And the way they set their stadium up, the student section was literally right on top of the visitor bench. We could barely hear our coach. Well, a group of boys had a couple of drinks too many, and for whatever reason, number 40, me, I was their target. I never heard really a word of it, but they got personal. And it was beyond 40, you suck, 40, you blow, blah, 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 blah. It turned into number 40, I fucked your mom. Hey, you fucked his mom? I fucked his mom. Man, we ran a train on that fucking bitch. Man, your mom sucked my dick so good, tongued my dirty booty hole. I jerked off on her fucking face. Number 40, your mom's a fucking whore. She's a fucking slut. I fucked your mom, number 40. How you like that? What they didn't know was number 40's parents were right behind them. Decked out in my son is number 40 gear. My dad couldn't take it anymore. So he tapped those boys on the shoulder and they turned around. Just so you guys are not aware, my dad's my size. My dad has never raised his voice. I've never heard it. Never really heard it. And I told you, my dad has a switch. It's not time's out. It's time's up. You're about to get fucked up. And he tapped him on the shoulder and he told him because he told me what happened. <laughs> He's like, you're going to say one more word about my motherfucking wife and I'm going to kill you. You know what happened after that? We were hooked up. Texas fight, Texas fight, and goodbye day and hook up. They became my biggest fans. My point is, gang, there is a huge difference between rivalry and respect. Shit talking, right? Going extra hard if you're the players on the field just because of the game that's being played. You can do all that, and it falls underneath the category of respect, uh, of rivalry. Then there's respect. Being personal, that's not respectful. Telling me that you fucked my mom, that's got nothing to do with the game. Nothing. You think I'm bullshitting? It, uh, they, I, they actually did a story on the guy. There was a guy who, quote unquote, disliked the Bulls so much back in the Michael Jordan days, he would do extensive research on wherever they were playing and sit behind the bench. The guy had money, obviously. And it was never Michael Jordan, I fucked your mom. But so much, in fact, that girl 
that Michael Jordan, you know, wanted to date when he was in the seventh grade. And, you know, he apparently maybe watched, you know, a porno flick on beta tape to learn how to kiss. And instead of putting his tongue in her mouth, he just kind of licked the whole side of her face like he was a German shepherd. Well, he found that lady. And you'll never guess what. He talked to her. Oh, Michael was a horrible kisser. And he's like, Jordan, hey, I talked to Joanne. <laughs> you licked the whole side of her face, you silly motherfucker. And they're, they show the video, and Jordan is sitting there on the bench. He's like, laughing his ass off. You can be a rival and still be respectful. It takes effort to kidnap a 2,000-pound animal. And at what point did one person say, let's kidnap and murder a longhorn steer? And it was like, no, Johnny, that's a great fucking idea. Tremendous, tremendous. You're voting president of the fraternity and spirit group? Sounds great. Let's go murder a steer. It's not just that one person said it. This fuckface more than likely had support. It's not like, and I'm not condoning, I'm not endorsing this either. The AM um, mascot is a collie. Your average person can lift up a collie corpse. And even that is still criminal. And I don't like AM. That means a group of people did that to that goddamn bull, transported that bull's body and tied it. You can be a rival and still show fucking respect. I'm going to close this out, but I'm going to tell you guys something. One, that is sitting on some bullshit. And two, I hope they find the little maggots who did this. And I hope you do jail time. That's animal cruelty. That's got nothing to do with the game. Nothing. You are fucking disgusting. You're a fucking criminal. And I'd be this mad if it was my mascot, if they did it to, uh, I think it's uh, Ralphie, the bull from uh, Colorado Buffalo. I hate Texas A&M. But if you found their collie and did that, fuck you too. Uga, the, the uh, English bulldog for the University of Georgia. If you did it to that animal, fuck you too. The, the, the Air Force Falcon, if you torture that animal, fuck you too. That's got nothing to do with the game. And I hope they find those little fuck faces. And I hope you do as much jail time as legally fucking possible. Cheer your team on to victory. Talk shit. Get intense. Have some fucking fun. The game needs your energy. What the game does not need is your criminal fucking behavior. I hope they find those little fuck faces and I hope you are humiliated and I hope you get put in jail. Rivalry can walk hand in hand with fucking respect.